Hello and welcome. This is On and Off the Pitch. I'm Rodney Cyrus. I'm joined today for an interview with Megan Alexander, player for London Bees. We're going to find out about her journey into football and how she's coping with the current lockdown. Megan, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you, Sav? I'm not too bad. Thank you for asking. I know generally, this is what we have to do in these strange times, but um, I really want to know, how have you been coping with this period of non-activity in terms of your footballing career? I think it's been difficult, actually, because like the first couple of weeks seems to go really slow, and now it kind of just goes by like day by day, like you kind of lose track. I think it's more, like obviously I was just injured before this, so I don't even just started coming back on the pitch. I'm kind of used to not this season being on the pitch so much, but I think it's been more like a struggle not being able to go to the gym um, and doing that sort of stuff. Like it's very hard to keep yourself going and keeping yourself fit when you haven't got the equipment and facilities to do so. So it's a lot of using your imagination really, which is hard sometimes. Yeah, so what, what have you been doing with the lack of gym? What, what have you been doing generally? So uh, London Bee sent us like a very specific uh, running program and a bit of strength work and stuff. Um, in to do like so to replicate like what days we train in games and things um, and then I've got like little bits and bobs of weights and things that I've been able to use and um, just try and use that which again like the first couple of weeks it's always quite good and you can feel them like benefiting you but then obviously as you get the weeks go on you kind of like plateau and like you don't really feel like the weights are benefiting you anymore because naturally in the gym you would up them and you would increase it and stuff and you can't when you haven't got any weights to increase so it's been very hard like these last couple of weeks to try and still get the benefits out of it but using the same equipment that we did at the start of the lockdown yeah so you, are you your spirits still upbeat though despite that yeah like i think it's good to like you kind of get yourself into a routine don't you like like your day-to-day -day life is just very different um and you just kind of keep yourself going and obviously like living with merrick will and my brother who are very active themselves so like we can do things together like football and stuff which has been helpful and they kind of keep you going it's kind of a challenge amongst yourselves so that's quite helpful oh uh, well it's better to be with someone in terms of the lockdown than, than on your own because i think you might find yeah. it really difficult then uh, yeah. i, I want to find out about your career in terms of how how it began for you and, and where did your love of football begin in terms um, of playing think, yeah like when i was little like uh, my brother's three years younger than me um so we kind of he kind of got into it like before me like i'd always been into football but I just hadn't really joined the team or anything so i used to go and watch him play like when he was about six a lot so um and then my dad played on a saturday so kind of just got into like saturdays and sundays which just all football and things and i would always go and watch and i'd like, kick a ball on the sidelines and and then like my parents took me to like a local team and it kind of just went on from there really like I went like from there to Reading very quickly, which is quite nice. So, you know, so from a very early age, you kind of got into it, would you say? And, and did yeah. you follow a particular team or was it just that you enjoyed playing first? Um, I think like um, I've always supported Everton. So I always wish to watch them, which is sometimes not as fun as it sounds. <laughs> um, it's been more of a struggle than I'd say an enjoyment. But um, yeah, so I think we look like it's all very family oriented. So. Um, even like my mum was telling me the other day, like even as babies and kids, like she would always take us to watch dad play. So even like it's just been very like that way and like that's my life, like that's kind of all I know really. Like I will watch him football, go into football, playing it. It's just always been from a very early age. Yeah. So I know you say that you know you, you follow Everton. 
um, your career begins somewhere else though doesn't it yeah so I started off as a Reading with like my youth levels and that was really good um and I had like a couple of setbacks on there and things and then I was lucky to obviously go to Liverpool which was very difficult like I think it was easier because my brother played for Liverpool so he kind of did it like I think it was about six months maybe before me so it was kind of nice that he'd already I felt like he'd already become the traitor so I could have just followed steps really like he'd already like planted the seed of things so for me it was like I just he's already done it so that's accepted so like it's fine for me to now do that so he kind of took the bullet for me so I was happy with that so that's nice that's a strong word to use, traitor. When you're in the studio. Yeah. <laughs> you're I think, talking. like, when I, like, when I played for them, like, I didn't feel like that at all. But, like, it's funny, isn't it? Like, when you, as soon as you don't play for them in that, like, the rivalry just comes back straight away. Like, it's just really strange. Yeah, it, I bet it was. Because, you see, you, know, you started by saying Everton and then you end up kind of playing for Liverpool. So that's, uh, yeah. in itself, it must have um, very much mixed emotions, definitely. Yeah. I think it was very, like, it was like an inspired, I think Liverpool really was where I would probably progressed the, mo the most as a player and as a person. So, you know, I would never, you know, people sometimes ask me how that happened, but I would never ever regret that because I think that was when, you know, like I've always been passionate about football, but the setup that they had and things really pushed me on to that next level and gave me that desire to push myself on in terms of my career. So what, what was it about the, that period in time that you, you look back on and say that was the, the most important part for me? I think it was, I remember, like, so obviously I live in Oxford, which is a bit, like, quite far away from Liverpool, really, about three hours. And um, there was, like, I was in the development when I first went, like, what was obviously development, which is now, like, the reserve sort of thing. And um, I remember being at home for the weekend and um, the first team manager, which was Matt Beard at the time, um, he had like an injury and they had Chelsea away so like they called me up and said like can I go and sit on the bench and be involved with the team and I think being involved in that environment like that was the that, that team that kind of won the Super League for the first time um, and being involved in those sort of characters and you know like athletes and people that have gone on to achieve amazing things like really gave me that like insight to what being a full-time professional was like and then I was obviously able to train with them and things like that. And even when I went on loan at Oxford, I was still training there full time, like as much as like around the side as I could. So I think that kind of, you know, like you always have these, like you imagine what it's going to be like, but actually being in it like shows you what you need to do. Mm -hmm. So when you go to, to Oxford on loan, how, how was that for you as a player, training elsewhere and then playing elsewhere? I think it was... It was difficult in its own way because I think when you're trying to be involved in like, you know, like match day squads and things like that, it's very, it's very difficult because like, you know, you miss out a bit. So I, I was doing like a process where I would train, um, I'd obviously play on a Sunday for them and I would train up with Oxford on a Monday and a, yeah, Monday night and then Tuesday morning I would get up and drive to Liverpool and train with Liverpool Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday and then drive back for Thursday night training with Oxford. Um, and then I'd have Friday off, obviously, Saturday's day for game, and then play Sunday, and that was kind of my life. So, like, I was only Oxford for a little bit, but it kind of went quickly. So it was nice that I could still train and be involved with the girls and, you know, like, the, their abilities and the standards, but also get minutes in. So 
I think it's hard, isn't it, when you get put out on loan to start with because you feel a bit unwanted. But looking back and obviously being a bit more mature now, like I can understand fully why it happened. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely shows that as a strength of character that you that you had at the time. Did you realise that you had that strength of character at the time? I don't know. Like, I don't think I did. I think it's kind of just like, you don't know how strong you are until you put into that position, really. And I remember taking it quite bad in terms of like when I first was told to go on loan. But then you kind of just get on with it. And, you know, when you look at it in the bigger picture, like loads of people go out on loan and they're, do they're doing it for a reason, really. And as much as I didn't understand it at the time, like I'd be grateful for, you know, Matt Beard and Scott Rogers at the time because they they made me go out and loan and it built, like, built me up as a person and I'll always be grateful for that. That's very good. You know, from Oxford, you then go to Everton for a period. Yeah. And yeah. How, how was that? Again, you know, you go to, to Everton, the club you love. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think, like, it's a very mixed emotions to really when I went to Everton. When I look back at my career, like, obviously the opportunity arose to go there. And obviously supporting them my whole life it was like yeah like you know snap the hands off kind of thing and being involved in the you know the tra training facilities like like I was, as a kid growing up Duncan Ferguson was always my like hero he was just walking past in like Finch Farm and I was like blown away like, I was like a kid in the candy shop sort of thing but like it was amazing and I'm um, you know like I always remember that and you know it's like something you can tick off it's like a dream but in terms of my career it probably wasn't as beneficial as I thought it was going to be. And it kind of knocked me more. Like if I look back at all the clubs I've been at, being at Everton probably knocked me back more than any of the others, which is hard for me to say because obviously I support them. But yeah, like it's a mixed emotions, really. If you, you know, you say it knocked you more. Is there anything that you, you specifically pinpoint that to? Or was it just, is it because of your love for the club that it, it meant so much more that it didn't work out? Yeah, like I think it was just, there was like, a, they were going through a transitional period of themselves in terms of managers and things. And one manager brought me in and then they left and then it kind of like, then it was left to like two managers, but they were kind of like both assistants. So it was kind of like, there was not really what I call a leader. And one of them really liked me and one of them didn't. And, you know, like I think, like I trained really, like really hard, like I went in for extra sessions, like, uh, you know, like I played games and, you know, like sometimes I'm not like the biggest person in terms of pushing myself forward and believing in myself. But, you know, I had other people saying how well I was doing. And I remember playing in an FA Cup game and it was like the week before the, you know, the semi-final of the FA Cup or something. It was at Goodison Park. And I think, you know, as a person, they knew how much the club meant to me and, everything like that and you know I didn't even like they decided to put like a youngster on the bench instead of me so I didn't even get to be involved in the whole match day environment at Goodison and after that like that manager left and then like I said these two assistants kind of took role and there wasn't really any direction of the club and it kind of you know I wanted to push on and be involved and they didn't really see me in their plans and the way they went about it was a bit disappointing like I've had many managers and explanations and stuff and their one was pretty poor and you know I never forget some of the things they said and you know like you know they're not really in the game anymore so it probably explains a lot about themselves but as a player like most players have gone through it and things but yeah that was very difficult for me to take and we just I crossed past and in the end I left like three months before my contract and I wasn't able to go and play anywhere else but 
for me as a person, that's what I needed because being in that environment anymore wasn't benefiting me. Yeah. So you gave yourself the, the actual space mentally to kind of regroup and then go again? Yeah. yeah. So then I went, so I moved back home then and I contacted Willie Kirk at Bristol and I kind of, he just said like, I'm training obviously, like you can't, you can't play games or anything. And that was the season that they got relegated actually. So it was kind of like being involved with like some of their top players and things like before obviously they got relegated. And I just went training for like three months and that was really good, I think, just to try and find that sort of... Because I wasn't playing games, it kind of made me more determined to get back because tra like when you're not training and not playing, it's kind of you're taking yourself out of it. But when you're training, it reminds you why you love football. So that kind of brought my desire back. That's good. So you have the hunger. Yeah, so then I could push on again. Yeah, it's good. So how, how did it work out for you at Bristol? I see you had quite a few 21 appearances, so obviously well. Yeah, I think when I when I first went to Bristol, like I was very much, uh, you know, like a squad player. Um, and, you know, sometimes things in life are like meant to be. And there was injuries in front of me, which meant I could then step in and play. And then from that day, really, like I kind of kept my shirt. Um, we got promoted. Like it was a very whirlwind like a couple of seasons really but looking back it was like probably the football we played and the girls that were there and the full like that was my first full-time even though I was at Liverpool that was my first full-time squad that I was really involved in um and yeah like it really changed me as a as a person and it was a lot of commitment in from my end in terms of the travel and everything and, but it was really worth it and I always look back at Bristol as fond memories. And so did you relocate to Bristol or did you stay close to home and then travelling. Yeah, so I live so I live just outside of Oxford really and um Bristol's about an hour and fifteen away. So I um the club there was a couple of us that were coming from my end. Um and the club gave us a club car which was very nice and um we obviously we paid the fuel and things and we travelled in every day. So we'd leave at like half seven, eight to get there and come back and stuff and then I had a couple of nights at a pub just to help get by and things so we did that every day so we was in about five or six days a week which was obviously a big commitment but because the football and everything was so enjoyable like it was really worth it. You know that, that for me I'm just getting a sense of someone who has had knocks very early on but just continued into the drive that you know I want to succeed you know, and a, a very strong mindset to remove yourself from something to say, I'm going to go and start again. Um, yeah. Do you look back at that period and, and say, that's where I became mentally stronger or much yeah. more stronger? I think there's a couple of moments that I look back and be like, that was for me like a massive turning point. And I think obviously leaving Everton was the first one and leaving Bristol was probably the second one. Um, the way I didn't obviously want to leave Bristol, but things just happened. And as you know, as clubs, everything happens at clubs sometimes. And I ended up leaving Bristol. And again, that was a real big challenge. You know, I've just been promoted. I've done the spring series. Um, and I was coming back out of like back out of full time football again. And I think that was a big challenge for me as well, coming out of that sort of environment. And I don't think I really appreciated what I had at Bristol until I left in terms of like you know, the football we played and things like that. So I think leaving that was kind of a big hit as well because I kind of had to grow up a little bit and find myself a job. So 
and do all of that side, you know, like the adult sort of stuff, obviously a little bit later than most people. So um, that was a big challenge, but you know, again, I look at that and it was probably the best thing for me at that right moment of time. And I think like that then set me up for things that I've achieved later in my career that I probably would never have done if I hadn't have left Bristol yeah. at that time. Uh, I mean, how hard has it been balancing the, the two worlds, the football world and, and the day-to-day nine-to-five? How hard has it been? I mean, I feel like it's been very challenging for me over the last couple of years because obviously I was at Liverpool, which was like full-time, and Everton, which was like, I was at uni still, so that was full-time, really. Um, and then I went to Bristol, which was full-time, and then I left and went to Millwall, which was part-time, so I had to get a job. Then I went back to Yeovil, which was full time. So, and then I went back to Bees, which was part time. So, like in the last four years, every season's been different for me. So, um, it's, it's very hard to cement a career outside of football when it's like that. You kind of just end up picking jobs that you know can work around the football, which again, you know, is a massive sacrifice because you're then trying to start a career when you finish playing, which is obviously a lot later than most people. Yeah, I mean, I can I can get that definitely. With with your time at Millwall, uh, how did that differ from Bristol? It was like when I it's just completely different environments and squads and stuff. And like I feel like when I look back at it, like Bristol, I was still a kid, and like Bristol was kind of like even though it wasn't, it felt like a very youth set up and things like that and I think when I went to Millwall I felt like going from going to senior football like the way we played football and everything like it taught me so much I felt like I'd become an adult going to Millwall um just the way we played and the environment and you know like everyone had a job and it was like that was life and it kind of I felt like I'd gone from being like you know at the boys academy going to like senior men's football like and that was a big transitional period for me and I think it taught me a lot about myself and I don't think I appreciated Millwall until it was a bit too late really which is something I you know regret but nothing I can do about it now really. Well the fact that you're reflecting on it means that you have learned something so some people yeah. don't even think back what yeah. what was it about Millwall that really kind of made you say this is definitely the big league in terms of being serious what was it about them apart from training yeah. and having to work yeah like I think it was like just different styles of play really like I'd always been taught like a certain way like probably like the you know like people would class as like the perfect way in terms of playing out and doing all of that sort of stuff and I remember like and I was quite a flary player like going you know, like I didn't really like tackling or heading or any of that sort of thing. And I remember going to Millwall and it changed me as a person. Like, and it was nice because the attributes that Lee Burt saw me as a player was something that I didn't see myself. So he, he gave me a new position. He asked me to do different things. Like, like I remember one game, he was just like, are we just going to go long? Like, you can go long. If, like, if it's not, I'll just go long. And I was like, I've never been taught to go wrong, like, and it sounds stupid, but I felt like I'd gone into like a first team environment where the manager was like, yeah, you've got to hit a channel, hit a channel. And I was like, hit a channel? Like, I'm not hitting a channel, I'm finding feet. Like, and like, I was having to head the ball, I was playing the centre back. And like, I felt really like it was like a perfect way to grow up, really. Like, I felt like I didn't have time to think about it. Like, it was like, 
and he was always good like he'd message me and be like you're playing in this position today because he knew i needed to get my head around it and i think even one game i played like right center back of a back three and i was like my right foot's never done anything apart from hold me up like let alone playing it as a right center back but and it was just crazy like when i look back and i think as a character like i never felt like i was thrown in the deep end because like he always believed in me but i didn't think i had any of that in me i was like when he said you're playing centre back, I was like, I don't head the ball in. And he was like, You'll be fine, like just get stuck in. And I was like, Oh and then I feel like now it's like a standing joke with him. He's like, Oh now you can like now your heading's got a bit better. Like he was like, You're doing all right. So maybe that's what he thought I needed. Oh sorry, I I, I was laughing while you were saying that because I just thought that the Millwall fans will probably be very happy to hear you say that. That yeah. you 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 matured as a player because sometimes Millwall it doesn't matter which team, they get a bad, bad rep. So yeah. to say that they changed your game and made you grow up. Yeah. You know, they, that, they, yeah. They're ticking the box. Yeah. Like, it was such a good time at Millwall and the way the club handled and stuff, like, it, you know, it was very, like, it was very sad end to it. But it was like, even the girls, like, we, you know, we're all, most of the Millwall girls are all still really friendly, like, and I think if you ask anyone from that team that went unbeaten for that long, they'll always say that they were the best days of like their career and they miss them mad because it wasn't just the football, it was just the craziness of the changing room. Like, And it's funny because we had a conversation last night, I was speaking to Merrick and she was at Watford during the time I was at Millwall and she was telling me like how much everyone hated us. It was like, no one liked you. Like everyone was just determined, like they didn't care who won the league, they just didn't want you to win the league. Like. Because we had like, we used to have this disco afterwards and we used to be in the change room and like we used to be really loud and just really in your face and every team didn't like it. So like, obviously we went so many games unbeaten. So everyone had to listen to this disco week after week and no one was loving it. And she said, honestly, like it was the worst thing that she went through as a player in terms of having to listen to us sing that song every week. So I think just hearing that is quite nice to see how much we got under people's skin. Oh gosh, it's, I'm grinning from ear to ear with that story. The, the Millwall not being liked, even in the women's game. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, it was funny. Like, and to be, we weren't even that sort of rough team that you know, like comes with Millwall, but everyone just didn't like us, and we kind of just lived off that. And it was kind of I had to learn quickly when I got into that environment that that was the sort of team we we're playing for. We don't care what anyone else thinks. We're just going to stick together, and that team was very much like that. It's brilliant. Um, you say you changed position under Lee. Uh, what was your position before you went into defence? Well, I was, I've always sort of played left back and I played left wing when I was a kid, but I think as a bit older you get put back a bit, don't you? So I went to left back and I went to Lee, like we went to Millwall, we played wing backs. So I didn't really like, I was kind of in between, but like when I signed it was always for wing back and like going forward. And, um, but then we had injuries and stuff like that. Like you can't, I kind of just become like, I filled in at the back and kind of just kept my um, position there, which to be fair, looking back, I kind of really like that position. It, you know, it really benefits my game in terms of getting on the ball and playing out. So when I first played it, I was like, I hate this position. Like, this is going to be awful. But actually, after a couple of games, and there's a couple of games in that season where I did play wing back, and I was like, no, nah, I'd rather go play in centre back. So it was crazy how much he changed me that much that like, I actually preferred being a defender rather than attacking, which is weird. You've grown as a player. Yeah, I thought I'd really matured. I was thinking, like, now I'm this big, hard centre-back playing for Millwall. Like, <laughs> what's going on? Like, where's this transition been? 
I'm sorry. Um, so you leave Millwall and you go to Yeovil Town. Yeah. How how did that come about? Um, well, it was kind of like obviously with everything that happened with Millwall, we didn't really know if it was gonna carry on. Like it was always kind of left up in the air, and I'd got on really well with Lee, and um, you know, he left Millwall and he obviously went to Yeovil and he contacted me and I obviously went and looked around the club and things and I feel like it was it was really perfect at that time because I'd got promoted with Bristol and played the spring series but did manage to stay for the league. Um, I'd been at Liverpool and come on off the bench from the Conti Cup so I hadn't actually played WSL one football and it's something that you always want to aspire to be challenged and to be fair, it was like a no-brainer in terms of the opportunity. Like, Yeovil obviously sold themselves and things like that, but it was kind of like, it was just a no-brainer. Staying with Lee, playing WSL 1, like it could have probably been any club. Like, it was just the opportunity and to play under him again, which was something that I enjoyed at Millwall and really pushed me on in my career. So it was just, it was a very different, like, after going from all the cities that I've been in, Yeovil was very different in terms of living, but yeah, it was just kind of, it made sense to go there. That's good. And you enjoyed your time there? Yeah, it was good. Like, I uh, reunited with um, uh, Olivia Ferguson, who's like my best friend, so that was nice. And um, I managed to live in the house, like, I would live down there in the week um, and kind of lived the full, fully professional lifestyle, which even at Bristol when I was full time, I didn't really get because I had to travel in every day. Whereas Yeovil, it was like, I did. And like, I don't think I've ever watched as much Netflix as I had done when I was a full time footballer. Like, we were just, like, me and my friend were saying the other day, we just sat there from two in the afternoon and just watched everything. Like, and now I can't even fit in an episode of anything. So now I do regret having so much time on my hands, but it was good. And that was, you know, it was challenging. And, um, but it was, you know, the, the season was hard, but, you know, the lifestyle and, again, learning from a lot of things was good. That's good. That's really good. So, you, you know, from the Oval, you move again to London Bees. And who's there? Yeah. Who's at London I found, Bees? like, yeah, I felt like it was, like, deja vu when we went into admin at Yeovil. And I started to feel like it was me. Like, everyone was just, like, there was a couple of us from Millwall. And I just remember us all sat there being like, not again, like this can't happen. Like, it was just so strange. And again, it was like, you know, Yeovil wasn't a place to stay once that had happened. It's kind of, you know, they tried their best and I'll be grateful for everything they did. But it was always, you know, the league, they dropped down another league and, and then another league. And it was like the standard was what I wanted to play at. And the people working at the club tried their best. and. You know, everyone will be grateful for that. But again, it was the right time to move on. And, you know, I had a, a few options, but to stay with Lee kind of made sense for me. Like I pushed, I felt like every season I played under him, I pushed on in my career. So there was no, there was no real reason for me to change that. Mm. And, you know, how, how was the, your time yourself as a player being at London Bees? Oh, it's great. Like, I love, I love the environment and the girls and stuff and like I love the facilities like I think London Bees as a club is really unappreciated for what they've got going for them um 
obviously the pitch has had a bit of its troubles this season but most of that can't be helped because of the weather but you know in terms of the facilities play at the men's ground and everything like it's been fantastic and I think you know in terms of facilities and the clubs I've been at it's probably the best like in the stadium and everything like like the training facilities and obviously being injured this year with all the treatment I've had and the physios like it's really it will always stand out there as a club to me because of everything they've done yeah that's good um with regards to your actual overall playing career has there been a result that has stayed with you in a good and bad way oh god there's quite a few there's like a few like i remember uh everton away when i was at bristol because that was the game we got promoted um and that was just that was something else like that was unreal like being like promoted at Everton, who they were the ones challenging us, challenging us to go up and with Yeovil, was fantastic. Like it was just something I, you know, I never forget. And then probably beating Villa when I was at Mill actually. Then we found out we went into admin. Like I think it was the Tuesday, um, and then we went and played Villa on the Wednesday. And at Mill we had this habit of going behind like quite a lot, but always coming back. And it was kind of just like we'd go behind and no one would be phased because we just know we'd win. Like. Um, and I think the Villa game was really nice because after everything that had gone on, like we had Sky Sports there and everything, and to go and to go and do that was nice. And I think the only other one probably would be um, beating Everton in Yeovil um, away. Um, obviously, I scored the goal, but it was like it was just I've just been told to put it on the keeper, so I was very fortunate. Went in, I'll take it. Like <laughs> I'll take the goal, but that was also quite nice because. Against obviously, like I said, Everton had like I didn't have the fondest of memories and things like that, so it was always quite nice. That's good. Let's go against them. Let's go against them. You know, I wanted to know what you know in the build-up to a game. What What are you like as, as a as a player? Are you a fidget? Are you calm? Are you vocal? What I you think like? like when I was younger, I was very quiet. Like I kind of just went above myself. Was like just kind of in the corner like doing my bit like but I think now as I've got older like I kind of take it upon myself to try and make sure the environment in the change rooms is very relaxed so I'm probably a lot louder now than I was when I was younger I'm just trying to make sure that everyone like before the in the change room that when you're getting changed and stuff like that and a team meeting and that I'm very much very loud and things and then it's only probably when you go in after the warm-up that I start to really switch on personally for myself. But in, in terms of before that, like I'm very much about the team and trying to make sure that like the youngsters are ready and like people that might struggle and get nervous, like I make sure that I go and talk to them and make sure they're okay. And, and I think that's I've managed to do that. When I was younger it's kind of like I had a lot of nerves and it was like concentrate on myself. But as I got older you kind of deal with that a bit better. You can focus on other people, which is kind of nice. You say that when you were a younger player, you had a lot of nerves. Did anyone actually, you know, kind of talk to you before a game and encourage you before a game when you were younger? I think, like, I remember being at Bristol and, like, that was probably when I was most nervous because I probably the most pressure in terms of getting promoted um, and then even playing in the Spring Series. Like, that, that was the first time that I'd really come up against some of the, you know, the best players in the world. And I remember getting quite nervous before games and, I was like in quite a good 
form that season. And like, I had some of the senior players at Bristol. Um, they would come up to me before a game and just be like, carry on what you're doing, you're doing great. And it was like something so small, but I really respected them as a player. So it kind of really, like, it grew, grew me as a player. And I was like, okay, well, you know, they're an international they're a captain. Like, if they believe in me, then there's no reason why I shouldn't believe in me. Because, you know, at the end of the day, players don't lie. Um, if they think you're good, they'll tell you. If they don't think you're good, they might not tell you. They just won't say anything. So it's kind of like when they do tell you, they're not saying it because they, they're, you know, they're saying it from a good place. So I really respected that. And I think that's probably when I left Bristol, I probably took all of that with me to Millwall. And, um, and from there, like, I didn't get nervous at Millwall because I just felt like the team and the manager and everything really believed in me. So I kind of was able just to concentrate on myself. You, you you see, do you see yourself as a as a player going into a coach when you finish your career? Do you, do you look at that and think I might be a future manager or coach? I think like I've always enjoyed it. Like it's difficult when you're still playing to really enjoy coaching because I think as a coach, like you you normally do that at the end of your career when you can't really play. So I think for me at the moment when I because I'm still playing like. When I'm coaching, I just end up wanting to be do the session myself, like get myself a role. Um, but I think like it would be nice. Like, I feel like I've always I don't I love the team environment. I love the banter. I love being involved with like that group and like I think I'll always enjoy that. Whether it be a first team coach or you know whether it be like a fitness coach or something like that. Like I think I always enjoy being in that team environment. And you know, in terms of your aspirations as a player with uh, London Bees, what are you hoping for? I think just like to progress the club forward. I think when I look at my career and everything that I've done, you know, like I've kind of ticked off everything that I've ever wanted to do. Um, you know, like played international, played for like your team that you support, played WSL, you know, been a captain. You know, I've done all like all of that sort of thing. So I think for me, it's now like enjoying it like as much as I can and making the most of things. And as a player at Bees, I really want to like show my respect to them for everything they've done for me, especially this season being injured and progress them on as a club really because I do feel like they've got a lot going for it that people don't realise. So it will be nice to show people what they're about. And and you know, I want to ask you as well in terms of your playing career, you've played a lot within the UK. Have you ever considered playing abroad if the opportunity arose? I think like I, I was really considering that, like, um, you know, like coming out of Yeovil and things like that. And I think if the right club at the right time come about, then like it, I would think about it. Like it just depends on the country. Really. Like, I'm a bit older now, like I'm a bit more picky. So I think like, it depends on what country but they would like if I'd have to look at the weather and things like that. I want to go with the sun. So it depends on which country want like which team from which country want me, so You're basically saying Spain then, aren't you? Yeah, or Italy. <laughs> I'd say either one. <laughs> Something nice. So I can Something nice. So I, I, well obviously sit by a calf and not watch Netflix. Uh we haven't we, we haven't spoken about the the, the actual situation in terms of no playing games. How have you found 
I mean, what's your position in terms of the season? Are you desperate for it to come back or are you one of those that are thinking, you know, let's write it off and start again next season? I think it's difficult, isn't it? Like, as a person, as a player, you want it to carry on. But I also believe, obviously, in the bigger picture of this, and it's, like, not all about football and it's not. So I can understand it from both parts, really. Like, if it gets mm. cancelled, it gets cancelled. And if it goes on, it's great. But I think the way the women's game has been, it's very much, you know, like, it wouldn't surprise me if it gets cancelled. And, um, you know, like in the past, they've had open applications for things like joining the leagues and stuff like that. So I think in terms of that decision, like, it, you know, cancelling the season is easier for us rather than other people. Um, so I think, like, as long as, you know, it's done safely, like, that's the main thing. And I can see it either way, really. I can see it being played on and I can see it being cancelled. And I think it's just the uncertainty at the moment, which is obviously hard because there is no clarity on anything, really. But obviously that will come and it's just keeping yourself ticking over. I suppose the longer that goes on, like, even if the season is done, pre-season will be around the corner anyway. So... It, you know, football shouldn't be that far away anymore. It shouldn't be, but I know it's been difficult for a lot of players. And as you, you began by saying, the, the difficulty in terms of maintaining your enthusiasm for the training without being around the, your other other teammates. So I just wanted to get your kind of insight on, on what you thought could possibly happen, how you felt. Uh, before we come to an end, I wanted to know, you, you mentioned about Netflix. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, obviously, with everyone having so much time, uh, has there been a particular box set you're into, or is there a particular book that you've been interested in? Oh, um, Netflix is quite difficult, and I've got like the thing is with me, like I start a series with somebody, like like my brother and stuff like that, and he, like we commit to watching it together, and then like he just never has to, like he never we never end up sitting down together at the same time, so. I feel like I've got so many series on the go, like I really need to commit myself. So I love um Peaky Blinders, so that's like that's one set that actually we watched it over every day consecutively, probably for about three weeks. So we finished off the whole series. So I like that. Um obviously I like Power and actually we're watching Afterlife at the moment, the second one, the second series. So I've got a very mix of things, so it depends how I feel really at night time what where I go. There you go. Any books? Um, I like reading um, like autobiographies and stuff of players and things. So we've got like Sir Alex on the go and things like that at the moment in Rio. So Rio Ferdinand. So yeah, I've got a few options to do, but it's just like keeping yourself entertained, really. Keeping yourself entertained. And uh, before we go, this is the one question I want to ask you: Is there is there a player that you actually follow, whether it's in the men's game or the women's game, and you think I like them? This, uh, they have something that I like in terms of a skill and attribute and you think I'm going to try to be just like them? I think probably I've always like um, wanted Lucy Bronze to do well and like being with her at Liverpool like I've been at a lot of clubs and I don't think there's a player that I've played with that's better than her um, and obviously she you know being a fellow fullback and things like that like just her like her mannerisms like as a person as a player like, I think she's always someone that I wanted to do well because not only is she a good player, but she's very modest and she's never, you know, as a kid at Liverpool, she was probably one player that never made me feel like a kid, which was kind of important. And that's something that I've always tried to teach with the kids now that I play, like, the play like, a bit younger than me. Like, I don't ever want them to feel like I did with some senior players, which everyone does. Like, you feel a bit intimidated. 
Um, so I always remember like what she did for me at Liverpool. And she probably doesn't even remember it herself, but I just think the way she carried herself was very professional. And obviously her career has kicked off massively. And I'm really happy for her just because I feel like she's a real, a real role model for kids in terms of like you don't have to be arrogant and big headed to get somewhere in life, which is nice. Well, that's such a nice way to end. Uh, yeah. the, the, you uh, bigging up, as they say, Lucy Bronze. Uh, who yeah. knows? You, you might follow in her footsteps soon. There might be a vacancy, considering maybe, the, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Right. I'd like to say thank you, Megan, for uh, giving me your time and uh, sharing your life journey in terms of football. Appreciate That's it. Okay. Thank you for having me. That's okay. And hopefully we can catch up again at some point in the season or next season and see how you're getting on. Is that okay? Yeah, perfect. Brilliant. Thank you. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Uh, that was Megan Alexander for London Bees. This is On and Off The Pitch. I'm Rodney Cyrus and I'll see you soon. Bye for now.